Hey Misfits, welcome back to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast. We are your weekly podcast for all things weird and wacky from Bigfoot and aliens to psychology and history and everything in between. We are your hosts, Emmy And Steve. So Steve, how are we doing? Doing well, doing very well. Went to a Mets game yesterday. The Mets won. It was fun. I think I spent $45 on beer and I had three beers. <laughs> wow. $15 pop. Yeah, it was a lot of money. Are they I didn't like even... tall boys at least? Yeah, they're just... like pints. That'd be unconstitutional if they're charging yeah. that much money for 12 ounces. Yeah, and uh, also I would be questioning your judgment. Yeah, I mean, it was worth it, but really expensive. Yeah. And the food's also so expensive there too, and you get like nothing. It's insane. I got chicken fingers and french fries, Emmy, and holy shit. I had like four chicken fingers, and there was like maybe 15, 20 fries. And it was like a thousand calories. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> no wonder people are so fat. Yeah, seriously. Oh my God. And those things are always tough because they have like a captive audience. And obviously like you're going to want food while you're there. You want to have a beer while you're there. I needed food. I was hungry. I hadn't eaten anything all day. Yeah. <laughs> or I haven't eaten anything since breakfast. So I was like, I needed to eat. But on the flip side, you know, usually at sporting events, they underfeed you and overcharge you. Mm-hmm. There was one time I went to a Rangers game with my dad and I got chicken fingers there too. Cause that's what I get at these places usually. And I swear to God, I can eat a lot of food. They gave me so many chicken fingers. I was stuffed. And I saw like five left over. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced that they actually gave me my money's worth. I usually go in for the nachos. They were serving nachos in like a plastic baseball helmet. That's kind of fun. Yeah, but it was really cool. Another reason to overcharge you. It's novelty, quote unquote. Ooh, fun. It was so much fun. What this brings me to is, I think it's July 8th through July 11th, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to be at City Field. So I was DMing with Michael McHenry. Uh-huh. And I don't know, we don't have a plan yet, but we might try and do something with Michael live in person and plan our Bigfoot hunt with him, which is exciting. We will go to a baseball game and we will buy overpriced alcohol. And... <laughs> novelty baseball hats oh also it was jeff mcneil bobblehead night and even though i was in the traffic for like an hour i got my bobblehead oh wow not fun that is fun i like that i love a good bobblehead so how's your weekend it was good i went to the uh museum of natural history yesterday is that your first time ever going there no i've been there a few other times but i forgot how cool it is you know teddy roosevelt shot all the animals that are in there or at least all the african animals is that true yeah really yeah interesting he went on a lot of expeditions of africa and stuff and he shot it's at least 90 percent of the african animals he personally shot yeah interesting i was just going through the dinosaur hall and like freaking out I know we've talked about this before. It's just so crazy that people dug into the earth and started finding these bones. Oh, I know. You look at a T-Rex, that is literally what you imagine a monster to look like. I haven't literally looked into it, but I have to imagine the reason that there are dragons in every single culture ever is because dinosaurs are on every single continent ever. Yeah. And then reading into it, there are a few theories for why the dinosaurs died and there was an asteroid and a volcano erupting at the same time. What are the odds that both of those things would happen at the same time and kill all the dinosaurs? Yeah, it's insane. So yeah, glad it doesn't happen to us. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Well, exciting news also. We got our first voicemails from you guys finally. So yes. Thank we're going to- Thank you guys for sending in. We're going to- play at least one of them to kick off the episode so keep sending them in send us your ghost stories if you have any sort of scary story send it in a funny story a cryptid sighting ufo or alien encounters would be sweet too just send them in we're gonna feature at least one an episode we're thinking if we got a bunch of ghost stories or spooky urban legends we're gonna do an episode just around that so we'll keep you guys posted but keep sending them in the number is 914-627-8582 we got one yesterday or one last night, and we got two this afternoon. Keep them coming, guys. We're excited, and there's a chance we'll make the episode. Yeah. And before we get into that and the rest of the show, 
do not forget to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. That way you never miss an episode and it benefits us. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just leave us a five-star review. You don't need to write anything. Just leave us a five-star review. It really helps with social proof and getting people to listen to us. So it's free. It takes you guys one second. I'm not even asking for a review. Please just hit the five stars. Hmm. It really helps a lot and we'd appreciate it. What are you talking about today, Emmy? So I am talking about the Denver International Airport. Ooh, nice. And And all the conspiracy theories around it. Nice. And I'm going to be discussing the dancing plague of 1518. I love it. I love this topic. I know. And then to round out the episode, we watched another movie, so you don't have to. We watched Theodore Rex this time. It was bad. I don't know what happened. I don't understand the plot of the movie. I could not point out a plot point. I don't know who this was made for. It was just like a fever dream of a movie. I literally wrote a few times, like, what is the plot? I mean, we're going to get into it at the end, but I literally wrote what is the plot. And multiple times I wrote, I feel like I'm high. So we watched it so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, much like Pinocchio in space. I hope that this is as funny as Pinocchio in space. At least Pinocchio in space had a loose plot. This, I don't know what happened in this movie. But we'll get to it. Now we're going to jump into our voicemail. Let's hear it. Hi, my name is Valerie. I actually have a podcast called Salt and Burn This. Um, But I wanted to leave a message about a ghost story that actually happened to me. Um, I was working in Arizona. I, I work in theater. I'm a stage manager. And I'm usually the first one into the theater and the last one to leave at the end of the day. And on this particular day, um, I was the last person to leave. So I was shutting down the lights on the stage. And then I walked to the back of the house and I shut off the lights in the back of the house. And from there, I can actually walk down a hallway. Uh, it's a weird hallway. It was a hallway with a door on one end and a door on the other and no window. So it's literally just a hall, just a space between two doors. And uh, and on the other side of that door was my office. So I turned out the lights to the house. So now the entire theater is dark. I lock the door behind me and I start to walk down this windowless hallway. And I hear somebody say, Valerie. And I turn around and I was like, yeah, thinking there was just somebody behind me and there was nobody there. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't like a sound that I thought could have been my name. It was Valerie but there was nobody there. Oh. And uh, I <laughs> I ran. I made all the noises that people make when they're scared. <laughs> and uh, I ran down the hallway and I shut myself in my office until I could get a grip on myself. But that was it. That was the end of it. Um, but a few years later, I was working in Hawaii again as a stage manager. And it was the end of the day, and I turned out the lights on the stage, and I turned out the lights in the house at the back of the auditorium. And as I was crossing through the scene shop to leave the facility, I heard the same voice say, Valerie. And, no. and I turned around, and again, nobody was there. No, was that's insane. And I just kind of shrugged and was like, okay, <laughs> that's it. So that's my ghost story. It was just something called my name, and it followed me from Arizona to Hawaii. Or maybe I'm just crazy, and I hear my name a lot. <laughs> so that was my story. That's my ghost story, and I don't know. It might not be over. It might it might happen again. So I hope I make it onto your podcast. It's not super scary, but it was kind of spooky to me at the time. Uh, if you want to contact me, or you can reach, reach out to me at my salt and burn this uh, Twitter, which is, I think, salt and burn this pod. But, all right, thanks. Good luck, you guys. Love your show. Wow, that was intense. I'm going to bleep out your number so you don't get called by random people. <laughs> wow, that gave me goosebumps. Not quite like your ghost story because yours is scary, like terrifying. But that one gave yeah. me goosebumps. That gives me the heebie-jeebies, especially mm-hmm. that the ghost would know your name and to oh. follow you. That seems like something personal, Valerie. I don't know. I would get that checked out. (laughs) That's so freaky. That's freaking me out. Oh, I didn't tell you this, but I was eating a lot of sugar recently uh, because of... I'll just say it now because I'm far enough removed. Well, the reason last week I wasn't prepared for anything is because my dog... I had to put my dog down on Sunday and I wasn't really in the mood to do research, guys. So sorry about that. But 
Emmy did an incredible job carrying it. We got a great show out anyway. So I was a little depressed because of that. And I wasn't really eating a lot of food and eating a lot of sugar. Turns out eating a lot of sugar can uh, trigger nightmares, right? And I had a nasty fucking case of sleep paralysis this week. Oh, that's the worst. I don't know what the fuck was going on this time. It was a little different than usual. But the thing was like walking from down my hall. It got next to my bed and I fucking kicked it. Like I kicked it awake. I was just shook. I could not sleep. It was the most horrendous thing ever. Sleep paralysis is the worst. And I feel like for me, it comes on when I'm stressed too. Yeah. I was not in a good spot. It just fucking came on. But I'm telling you, like I kicked this fucking thing. I don't know what it was. I must have kicked my couch over there because I made contact with something. And it was gone after that. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep at all, but I haven't had that since our second or third episode of the podcast. It is miserable and you're just so anxious after it and on alert and ready to fucking go. It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. Yeah. I know where all the demon possession shit comes from now because I experience it decently frequently with this sleep paralysis stuff. Yeah. But that was a good ghost story. That was. I think we're going to save the rest of these for next week because we don't want to waste all of them, you know, but thank you so much, Valerie. We're going to give you a shout out on Twitter and check out her podcast. I've never listened to it, but if it's anything (laughs) like the story that she just told, it's probably pretty damn good. We'll tag you in this. This is incredible. Thank you for being the first ghost story submitted. And thank you for, um, yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for setting us a good one. Yeah. And here's to many more. Here's to many more. So I was really excited about this one. Have you heard of some of these conspiracy theories before around the airport? Yeah, I know like the basics of it. And they're like a whole section the size of Manhattan underneath the freaking airport that they just abandoned after his creator or something crazy like that. Yeah, I'll get into it. It is a little bit freaky and questionable. I knew that there was some conspiracies around it, but I never really dug into it and then I saw a TikTok about it actually and then I was like oh this will be really fun to research. The reason why people started looking into this is a few things. So first of all the Denver International Airport DIA was built as a replacement to the Stapleton Airport which there was really nothing wrong with it but Mm -hmm. they just built this new airport which people kind of thought was weird. It was supposed to be finished in 1993, but it was actually finished in 1995. I don't think is that weird in itself. Like that happened at the time. Emmy, you know the um, the Second Avenue subway in Manhattan? Mm -hmm. It extends like 20, 30 blocks. They've been working on that for 150 years and it extends like fucking 30 blocks. So (laughs) if Denver International Airport takes two more years to complete, that's nothing. Exactly, exactly. But it did take... $8 billion to build, which is a fuck ton of money. Isn't it like triple the size of Manhattan though? It's twice the size of Manhattan. Think about it. That's a ton of building materials. Manhattan's like, what? Like eight miles? That's 16 miles of structure. I don't know if that's actually how big Manhattan is, but yeah, it's large. We need a producer to fact check us and do all the editing. Should I look it up? Ah, no, nah, let's keep going with it. We'll pretend it. It's not important enough to the story to like, derail the talk. <laughs> okay, so something else weird about it is they initially built five buildings. And then at some point, they were like, oh, actually, this isn't right. And instead of taking those buildings down, they decided to bury them and build the rest of the airport on top of it which was kind of weird. And they did separate contractors for it. So no one really knows the whole story behind what's even down there. There are six levels below the airport that they allegedly said was for this baggage claim system that never really ended up working out. Mm -hmm. So only one of those levels is available to the public and it's just like the transportation. What are they doing with the rest of those five levels below it. Yeah. That's the backstory behind why people think it's weird. Now to get into some of the conspiracies. And I think I have five different 
conspiracy theories around this. And the interesting thing is DIA has kind of embraced these and that's fun. So their CEO is like, instead of trying to fight it, let's just lean into it. It's funny. And so there's actually like this gargoyle as you walk into the airport that tells you the story of some of these conspiracy theories. Is it a talking gargoyle? Yeah. That's so much fun. Right? Oh my God. They'd never do anything like that in LaGuardia. (laughs) Exactly. There's a whole section of their website that has lizard people all over it. That's so fun. Recently, they were doing construction, I guess, and they had all of these signs up that were like, what are we doing construction on? Like, nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome that they did that. Here are five of the biggest theories, or maybe less, depending on how much time it takes. (laughs) 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 Okay, so first theory, and these are just in random order. All right. So the first theory coming in hot is that airport was built and commissioned by Nazis. Okay. Uh, Why? So the airport's runways, if you look at them from an aerial view, I guess kind of look like a swastika. I do not see it at all. But I guess if you like look really hard, you could. No, not really. It's a stretch. It's a stretch, right? It's not correct. That's the issue. No, if that's what they were going for, they could have made it a lot more explicit. Than yeah, it. like it, it doesn't it, bend the right way to be a, a swastika. Yeah, it's only got three of the four arms that it needs. Even so, like the bottom right and the top left don't even like bend outwards. So yeah. it's kind of just looks like a backwards L and like a crappily drawn five or maybe it's like a six and <laughs> L drawn the wrong direction. Whatever it is, it's not a swastika. <laughs> no, definitely not. I, um, I don't get that from that. Yeah. And there's also, quote unquote, strange markings on the buildings. But that one's not enough to convince me. The next one is that the Denver International Airport is the Illuminati headquarters. <laughs> I have heard this one. Yes. So in addition to the Nazi rumors, which doesn't really make sense to me that it would be connected to Nazis and the Illuminati. Wait, 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 but why would it be connected to the Nazis if it was built in the 90s? You know, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, they're still Nazis, but... They're not like the German Nazis, though. Some people think Hitler's still alive in Antarctica, so... Yes, a 130-year-old man is still alive in Antarctica, correct. Yeah, just he's just chilling. With Elvis. Commissioning a Denver International Airport, like yeah, hey, he has the entrance to the Hollow Earth. Yeah, exactly. Throwbacks left and right. Go check out all his episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, the reason why people think it's the Illuminati headquarters is so there's this time capsule, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be opened, I think, in the year 2095. Oh, or might not be alive. So that's a hundred years after it was built. I did this research both online and just seeing what people on TikTok were saying about it. And everyone on TikTok's like, and no one even knows what's inside of the time capsule. That's the fucking point of a time capsule, right? Yeah, it'd be weird if everyone but the people who put the stuff in the time capsule knew what it was. Right? It's kind of fun to open it. Anyways. These are teens. They're stupid. Yeah. TikTok teens are unintelligent people. The stranger thing about it is there's a plaque near the time capsule that says it was commissioned by the New World Airport Commission. So people are thinking it's connected to the New World Order, whatever. Do we know what the New World Airport Commission is? Well, Steve, according to the Denver International Airport website, the New World Airport Commission does not and never has existed. That's all they say, and they give no explanation for why there would be a dedication to something that does not exist, which is freaky. That is. Or did they just say that to play into the conspiracy? I don't know, but no one seems to be able to find it online. That's going to be real here. If we want to find this, 
we can't be Googling this shit, guys. Use your brains. You got to go in and you got to look at archives. You got to do what Dr. Z does with her research with monsters. You got to look at archives. That's the only way you're going to actually find this stuff. Yeah, it's very strange why they would lie about it if it is real. And mm. even weirder that if it actually doesn't exist, why would do you have a plaque about it? It's interesting stuff. It could be conspiracy of sorts. Yeah, and then so it also has a lot of stuff about the Freemasons, which a lot of people think are connected to the Illuminati. So it has the Freemason square on that plaque, a compass mm -hmm. symbol. I can tell you my grandfather was a Freemason, and I can tell you for a fact that they're not very powerful or interesting people. I mean, I'm not saying that he wasn't interesting. I'm saying like what they do yeah. isn't very interesting. They just are like buddies now. You never know. Also, like George Washington is a Freemason, which is why there's all these conspiracies. A lot of Freemasons in this country who are like founders, yeah. founding fathers, I mean. But I don't think it's the Illuminati. The Illuminati doesn't even exist. I don't know. Here's where it gets even weirder is that people are saying, oh, it makes so much sense that the Illuminati would want their headquarters to be in an airport because there's so much international exchange going on there's people coming and going they can just be in the basement of the airport i think why wouldn't you be hidden why would you be in a public airport that is true also why the denver international airport if you're gonna use that logic the atlanta international airport is the largest airport on the planet and it goes to the most countries in the world and if you're the illuminati why wouldn't you want to be in the biggest one you can get to literally everywhere get your fingers and everything if you go to atlanta not denver yeah denver's so random and they're also saying that the reason why they let the illuminati pay for the airport because it was so expensive and that's why they were allowed to have their headquarters there. Interesting. Like, so bullshit. I'd like to see where the people of Denver's taxpayer dollars went at that time. Right? They didn't go to the airport, and then yes, but I guarantee they went to that airport. And it also just feeds into, like, that what's in the underground areas of the airport. Isn't there something about, like, the Bronco statue that's there? That was my next thing that I was headed to. So this doesn't really make any sense to me as a conspiracy theory, but it's kind of funny. So there's that giant blue horse sculpture outside of the it's a Bronco. Well, it's called the Blue Mustang. Oh, is it actually? I thought it was a Bronco. No, but close. It's called the Blue Mustang, but people call it Blucifer because it's got glowing red eyes and it's freaky looking. And there is this guy, Luis Jimenez, mm -hmm. who is the artist for it. So he started building it. And as he's putting this together, Steve, the head of the horse falls off, cuts his artery in his leg. He bleeds out and dies. Yeah, hasn't that statue fallen on a ton of people? I only saw it fall on him. But why would you then finish the sculpture and still put it up? Yeah, that's weird. Just seems kind of It's like, well, we paid all this money. I could have okay. sworn at multiple people got crushed. Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't really look into this stuff ever. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone made that up. And people are saying, and I think this is super loose, that it's a nod to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Don't there be four of them? That's what I thought. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant, so I didn't know it up. about that. Yeah, really. If anyone else doesn't know what it is, it's a biblical reference, and it's four punishments from God: death, famine, war, and conquest, symbolized by these four horses of different colors. That is just such a loose tie. Yeah, it's to such me. a loose like, stretch. That's definitely a stretch there. When you make four, if you're trying to allude to that. Right? Like, just the fact that it's a blue horse. If you wanted to come up with a conspiracy theory about it, I could come up with a better one. After the head fell on that guy's leg, the ghost of the guy who died haunts it. There's so many more conspiracies. You can have him like, it's uh, one of the horsemen. It's like, no, probably not. Probably not. Good try. <laughs> Good try. But no. Give that one one star. Two more. So, this one is also about the underground tunnels. And... 
this again is connected to the apocalypse. So some people believe that those underground layers were built as bunkers for the world's elite mm-hmm. to stay under if there's ever a apocalypse. But then there's also theories, and I could not find much of anything surrounding this. There was usually like one line about it in articles and they did not explain, but some people believe that the underground bunkers were built by lizard people or aliens. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's best not to dive into that. That's fast approaching QAnon territory when you start talking about the reptilians. Where is that coming from? How? Why? Sounds like an Alex Jones type deal. Yeah, I don't know how you can throw that sentence out there and have nothing after it, (laughs) you know? I 100% agree with you. It's like when I was doing research about the Bermuda Triangle and I was seeing things like underwater UFO bases and then like I can only find single sentences about it and then I find sources that had a black background and like neon green like writing. I'm like, I'm not going to read this shit. Yeah. No reputable website looks like this. What the actual DIA website says is, this is a quote, lizard people, aka reptoids, and evidence of aliens are also thought to be down in the bunkers underneath the airport. Apparently, they've been drawing on the walls. Silly aliens, stop with your graffiti. What I understand is people break into places like this constantly and explore. How has no one like explored the Denver International Airport? How would you even get down there? There's that guy that was on Rogan. He's been arrested a few times. He's like a spelunker type. He like explores underground things in London. Mm-hmm. If people like him can do that in the UK, there's no way that people wouldn't be able to do that in Denver. Unless it's like actually inaccessible. But if it's actually inaccessible, then that means that the Illuminati can't access it either. Or they just have a top secret way to access it. Perhaps. Or it's just the aliens and they can just go through the walls. Yep. Okay, last one. And this is probably the one that people are most familiar with. There's weird artwork on the walls. Yeah, isn't that a Nazi? Yeah, and they took it down. And the artwork had titles like World Peace, whatever. And then it would be a picture of like a Nazi guy with a gas mask and children in coffins. And it was like, what the hell is this? There's hipsters. And there's really no unique conspiracy theories connected to this, but it just kind of adds to the weirdness of it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's it. It's a freaky place. I've never been to Denver before, but if I ever go, I'll have to investigate. I'll have to talk to that gargoyle. I think I actually might be going there at the end of the summer. I haven't figured it out yet, but if I do go... I'll be sure to fill you guys in. Bring your microphone and interview the gargoyle. That's a good idea. I'll just climb up there. You should interview the CEO. You can do a personal interview and then we can have some field reporting. That would be good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's into building up this conspiracy theory shit. Yeah, it'd be fun. Get the CEO of the Denver International Airport. You heard it here first, guys. All right. So you want to get into the dancing plague? Let's do it. So we're back, and now we're going to talk about the Dancing Plague of 1518. So this is something that I wrote a blog about all the way back to on September 28th of the year 2020, and it's actually a reference on our very first episode, and I'm finally doing it. As we referenced a long time ago, this is our break glass in case of emergency topic, and the reason is I have something truly magical working, but... It is all firsthand research. There's nothing written about it. So I need it to be perfect before I share it with the world because I can't allow this to go viral and then have some random fucking YouTuber get famous and take all the credit for it. So it's got to be completely flushed out. And I got to get myself all over Reddit so I have a footprint there. I'm going to even put the effort into make a YouTube video around it. And that way no one can steal it from me. We have a great conspiracy that I'm working on. I'm connecting all the red string. Emmy's now in on it too and helping me. It's going to be incredible. So I think it's like kind of real. I actually think it's genuinely real. I was kind of doing it as a joke before, but I believe it more and more. I'm going to hopefully have that ready for you guys next week, but this is my baby. It needs to be ready to go. It can't be half-assed. 
yeah you guys gotta blow it up for us it's not done yet i don't want to spoil it like i said because i don't want anyone to steal my idea so without further ado the dancing plague of 1518. so the dancing plague began in 1518 when residents of Strasbourg were struck with an uncontrollable dance <laughs> fuck an uncontrollable urge to dance <laughs> We're off to a strong start here. Strong, strong start. This is why I don't like to read things. I'm reading from the blog. But oh, so what was that? My table just kind of, I built this table myself. And so sometimes it just like falls. The longest rave in human history started on September, <laughs> in September of 1518 and claimed around 400 victims. So the plague started when a woman named Frau Trafe began to uncontrollably dance in public with no music playing. She was having a solo nonstop dance party against her will for about a week. And then 36 other people joined. So she wanted to stop. Yes, but she could not stop herself. She was just... Do we know how long it lasted? Well, by August of 1518, around 400 residents of Strasbourg were involuntarily dancing in the streets. That was the height of the mania. 15 residents dropped dead from overexhaustion, from dancing, strokes, and heart attacks. This is so strange to me. You know that song by 8-Track that we can't ever play because we'll get flagged and lose all our money? Yeah. Uh, uh, heads will roll. You know, it was off, off with your head. Dance, dance till you're dead. They literally did that. These people were dancing from August until September. Were people bringing them food? Were they ever stopping? Did they go to the bathroom? I think they relieved themselves. And I do think they ate, but they were just uncontrollably twitching and dancing. So after consulting some doctors and astronomers, because, you know, back in the day, could be medicine, could be the stars. The nobles of Strasbourg determined that the plague was a natural disease and not a demonic possession. And it was caused by, quote, hot blood. So to cure the dancing plague, the nobles ordered the construction of a giant stage and musical performance, believing it would speed up the recovery process. Wait, 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 wait. So they built a stage and they were going to have music playing, thinking that that would help people who were yes. dancing? They thought adding music to the people who are uncontrollably dancing, they thought that that would cure the dancing plague by adding music in. I mean, it probably helps you not go crazy crazy imagine dancing that hard without any music that sounds so terrible yeah unfortunately this plan completely backfired and it actually encouraged more people to start dancing probably just want to hop in on the trend yeah and then so about a month into the dancing plague it just abruptly ended and the people of Strasbourg were able to stop dancing and return to their normal lives i wonder what kind of moves they had i think they were doing like I guess they wonder if they had like the robot and shit back then. What were they doing? Robot like the sprinkler. Were they limboing? Was it like footloose? Because I'd imagine like you gotta run out of dance moves pretty quickly. You can't just keep doing the same dance move for a month straight. You gotta change it up. Get some sweet moves in there. Do you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. You know the episode the gang dances their asses off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Only for a month. For a month. Can you believe that? No, that's insane. What are your theories behind what actually happened? So we're going to actually get into the causes of it, but people are actually dancing for a month straight. Like that actually happened. But I think our definitions of dancing might be a little different now than in 1500. Mm -hmm. So no one is really sure what caused the dancing plague, but there are a few theories. So one explanation is that the dancing plague was actually caused by a physical ailment. So some experts believe that the uncontrollable dancing was caused by a mix of epilepsy and typhus. Another theory suggests that the uncontrolled dancing was actually spasms caused by consuming toxic mold found on damp rye bread. And while these two theories provide good explanations, they don't really adequately account for all the behaviors displayed, like why they're dancing for a fucking month. Did they go out to the street, actually? Yeah, like this is like in the street. That's why they built the stage. So it's not just like people in their house dancing, like they're all out there no, like, together. It started off with this woman in the street. And then after a week, like 36 other people started dancing in the street with her. Okay. Um, so another explanation, which is proposed by historian John Waller. So this other explanation is that the dancing plague was caused by quote unquote cultural contagion, which is also known as mass hysteria. 
Yeah, that's so, what I was thinking. So according to John Waller, the most likely explanation for the dancing plague was stress-induced hysteria brought on by a mix of diseases, famine, and superstition. So there's a legend that St. Vitus could place a curse on you that would force you to dance until you drop dead. Basically, all the stress in medieval life and superstition culminated into a mass dancing hysteria. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like you have it in your head. Maybe this one woman actually did have epilepsy or was reacting to the mold, but then everyone around her was just so freaked out about it that it. I like I the interpretation that it was actually just Kevin Bacon and it was just Footloose in <laughs> the 1500s version of Footloose. He was just in their heads. I would like to know, though, like, what kind of music were they playing back then? Was it like a real band or were they just like lightly strumming like a lute or something like that? Or like a harp? I wonder what it was. Or was it like a straight out band? Because they had drums back then. Were they like going hard? Was it like what kind of music was that? I don't know. Again, what kind of dance moves did they have back then? If I were in a medieval band, I would love to be invited to perform that stage because I'd be like, we literally had 400 people dancing nonstop to our music. And we were playing so hard that 15 of them dropped dead from dancing. Having that on your resume, be like, we're so good that we killed 15 people in music. <laughs> because they couldn't stop dancing. They couldn't stop dancing. Our music was so good. It doesn't make any sense to me. They don't know what actually caused it, but these are just the theories. I feel like the mass hysteria makes the most sense to me, but it's still doesn't quite add up in my head why that would last for a month. No, I, I don't know. This one woman caused a whole bunch of trouble by dancing, by popping and locking. Pop, lock, and drop it. <laughs> That's the dancing plague of 1518. I love it. So now we're on to Theodore Rex. Ah, <laughs> uh, so this was a movie. Kind of. I have a challenge for you, Emmy. Yeah. Name three plot points, because I can't. Okay, definitely a dinosaur dies at the beginning. Yeah. And is murdered. That happened, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things are running through my head, but nothing that's like- Nothing relevant happens. to the movie. No, nothing happens. A lot of stuff happens, but nothing matters. But nothing adds up to the rest of the movie. Also, uh, the dialogue was horrific. Like, wrote that. It was so bad. Whoopi Goldberg's first scene, she comes in and she's like fighting this villain guy. And she's like, I'm part of the police. We caught you red handed. You are done. And she just keeps like going on. It was like nothing. Like she wasn't saying anything. That's the thing is like this must have like the very first draft of the script because they kept saying things, but nothing meant anything. And there is one point where she gets assigned to be Theodore Rex's partner. And she just keeps saying over and over again, he's a dinosaur. He's a dinosaur. They must have had that in the script 10 times in a row. That's oh, no, it makes no sense. Okay, so now I totally understand why Whoopi Goldberg tried her hardest to get separated from this movie and not be on the cover because, wow. What I want to know is how bad was her life going at the time that she signed up to be in Theodore Rex after reading that script? And she also, I feel like, didn't give it her all. She was not good in it. I'm surprised that everyone in that movie didn't lose their careers. She was actively bad. You know what's crazy? The guy that played Theodore Rex is now like one of the main, uh, I don't watch the show, but he's one of the main actors in that show Scandal, which I know is like oh, a huge, really? yeah. I've never actually watched it, but I just know that he's in that. So there was actually a guy in the suit. Oh yeah, there's actually people in those costumes. I couldn't tell if it was a puppet. I or... think it was a real costume. So... I, I think it moved too awkwardly to be a puppet. <laughs> so just to get a few things straight. Full disclosure. I was really hammered when I was watching like the first 30 minutes of this movie. And I thought that that's why I couldn't follow it. But then when we talked about it, I'm like, okay, thank God. I, I just. I also, cause my notes are really shitty because I didn't understand it. So I pulled up your notes and they're pretty funny. <laughs> thank you. Guys, Steve's first bullet is I'm very, very drunk. Please God help me not hurt tomorrow. And then like six bullets later, I feel like death. Anyways. 
<laughs> that hindered your understanding a little bit. But I don't think so because when I watched the last hour of it sober, I still could not piece together what was going on. There are a few points that I don't understand. So he's a dinosaur, but he was made in a lab. Yeah. Why do all the dinosaurs walk on two legs? I don't know. So he was made in a lab and he went to like his creator and was like, oh, remember when you cloned me? So is he like the original dinosaur and everyone else? I have no idea. No, I don't follow it at all. And then like halfway through the movie, we also find out that Whoopi is like a robot human. I don't know what that was at all. This movie made no sense to me. It broke my brain. I watched something for an hour and 30 minutes and I didn't comprehend anything that happened. (laughs) For an hour and 30 minutes, I felt like, I literally wrote this, this movie is insane, I feel like I'm on drugs. I said, I feel like I'm incredibly high and I'm dead sober. This movie is a hallucination, a fever dream. That's what I said. It's like a fever dream of a movie. It feels to me like threat level midnight. Yes. That's. <laughs> it's like, you know how at the end of threat level midnight, you find out that like Dwight's been a robot the whole time? Yeah. That's what it felt like because like Whoopi, like, sorry, my neighbor's being loud upstairs. It scared me. Um, I was banging on your door. No, they just have three pit bulls upstairs. In your tiny apartment, geez. <laughs> yeah, we just find out like halfway through the movie, Whoopi just casually says, yeah, my microchip, something, something. And then Theodore is like, oh yeah, you're like a robot human. How was that not explained before? I don't know. So another question I have for you is, who the fuck was this movie made for? Who was the target audience? Oh, no. It's too violent to be for kids. It's too stupid to be for adults. It's too confusing to be for stoners. What genre would you put this in? I don't know. Buddy cop film? <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. I couldn't tell if they were trying to be funny or not. Because it wasn't funny. It wasn't. Maybe if I could figure out what the fuck was going on at any given moment. The problem is, too, is they started off way too hot, too. It was really, really fucking confusing. Also, we talked about how when they went to that, like, dinosaur nightclub. Yeah. That was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Wait, so they go to the dinosaur nightclub and whatever her name is, Molly Rex or something. They go up to her and they're like... Molly, I'm very sad to inform you, your husband was murdered. And she's like, what? No way. And then like five minutes later, she's like, we're having the funeral for him tomorrow. You guys should come. (laughs) She also referred to him as her roommate, not even like her husband. I will admit, I don't know who the murderer was. Did we ever find out? (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the point of the movie. (laughs) Wait, so you're so right. The plot of the movie is that someone killed Oliver Rex, right? And they end up saving the world, but they never capture the person that killed Oliver Rex. And I was just kept waiting for it to happen. I was like, okay, it was probably that person, probably that person. And then it just, they never tell you. I think that whoever wrote this was on a lot of, on a lot of drugs. I just don't understand how you could even make this script. Like, it seems harder to make a story that doesn't make any sense. I could make a really bad movie if I wanted to and put, like, no effort in, but I could never make a movie this convoluted. It's really impressive. And they were just going, like, all around the world. Also, dinosaurs and humans are coexisting, but they have, like, separate cultures I don't understand why they didn't talk about that at all. It was one of those movies where you just kind of like dropped in and you like figure it out as you go. But no, you never figure it out because yeah. it doesn't and, make like, any fucking sense. In, like, that works in like a smart movie. I actually really like that. But this was dropped in and you're just like scrambling to figure out the whole movie. I have a direct quote right here if you want to look at it. It says, this movie is stupid. <laughs> Also, so the scene where, like, after the funeral when he takes, like, Molly Rex home and they're, like, yeah. dancing, 
Imagine dancing with two people in those fucking T-Rex suits. I want to see the bloopers. I want to see the bloopers so badly. That actually has to be kind of fun. I want to see them like absolutely falling over, like smashing a table or something. Also, his pet dog, Zippy, had some fucking dance moves. He did. Also, what was the deal with like Teddy Rex being like obsessed with cookies? It was like a throwaway joke they kept bringing back, but they never explained why. He had a lot of weird things. His character didn't really make sense to me because he was like this cute little like he's almost like a kid. Yeah, he's also a PR guy who became a cop yeah, who had like a dream of becoming a detective. And he was like this cute little bumbling guy. But then every once in a while, he'd just be like, yeah, my partner. I don't remember her character's name, but my partner Whoopi's like just so annoying i think her name was coltrane and then randomly he'd start referring to her as like katie or something i'm like who the fuck's katie oh i remember that i was like who the fuck are you talking about then it's like oh it's her you could have introduced her as like katie coltrane or whatever her name was in the first minute or two that we see her i think coltrane was like her detective name and then katie was what other people in her life called her Okay, that's possible. Just compounded the confusion. Oh yeah, definitely. I did not follow this movie at all. Also, why the fuck did they have a collection of cars? If you went to a boy's house and he's like, want to see my collection of toy cars? I don't know about you, but I think I would get the fuck out of there. Because that person- Yeah. When was this movie made? In the 90s? Yeah, sometime in the 90s. People were more collectors back then, but still. I guess. How did they pee in those costumes? (laughs) Maybe they just peed in them. Maybe. I got nothing else, honestly. I don't know how the hell Whoopi Goldberg's agent was like, this is a big break for you. Was she already famous at this point? She must have been, right? I think so. Let's look. Oh, also, the weird thing that they never explained is like, remember in the beginning, her dog, she's not able to hang out with her kid. I don't even know if that was her kid. She's not able to hang out with him. And she says to her dog, she's like, you go take him upstairs and like make him dinner. And the dog's like, okay. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And whatever happened with that? Yeah, I have no idea. She had a decade and a half career before she did this movie for some reason. I feel like you could have taken one look at the quality of that costume and been like, nah. If she read like any of that script, she should have been like, no way am I doing this. I wonder if they just paid her a fuck ton of money to spend all their budget on Whoopi and not even like the script. I'm going to look at their Wikipedia. I I guarantee that'll be on their Wikipedia page. All right. So Theodore Rex, also known as T-Rex, is a 1996 buddy cop science fiction family film. What family would watch this shit together? So it was a direct-to-video and it was the most expensive direct-to-video film ever created. Wait, what? What does that mean? That means that it didn't go in a movie theater. It went right to video. Oh, the budget oh, oh. was thirty-three and a half million dollars. On what? On literally what? Whoopi Goldberg made a verbal agreement to star in the film in October of '92. She attempted to back out. Abramson filed a U.S. twenty million dollar lawsuit against Whoopi Goldberg, which was settled quickly. Goldberg agreed to star in the film for seven million dollars, two million more than the amount originally agreed upon. So that's why she was in it because she tried to get out and they sued her yeah oh my god i don't know why it was so expensive those costumes probably cost a lot of money think of all the dinosaur costumes how much could that costume cost i don't know like 10 grand no way i feel like easily you could they weren't good quality well i bet some of that money went to the lawsuit (laughs) does that count though I don't know. I'm looking. Honestly, I can't find any information about it. It's kind of ironic because in the movie, she's forced to be Theodore's partner. And then in real life, she was like legally forced to do this movie. Yeah, I know. That's a problem. You got to be careful when you agree to. I'm sorry. I'm just reading about this now. This is like... Go for it. Maybe I'll get some interesting facts to share. Whoopi said she never agreed to be in the movie, but producers said they'd hired a production crew based on her commitment for $5 million in profit sharing. The producers wanted Goldberg or $30 million in damages. 
and the decision gave them a chance. The case didn't go away quietly. Instead, it blew up. Wow, that's interesting. That sucks to get stuck in this film. Well, I say that's probably why it's so bad, but I don't think any level of acting could have fixed that film. That's probably why she didn't feel like she had to do a good job. When you're legally forced to act, I feel like I would try to make it as bad as I could. Yeah. One of the puppeteers found it really difficult to perform in the Theodore Rex costume. Not only was the costume heavy, which often caused him to fall over, he also couldn't see up or down properly. He also said that the suit smelled terribly. No, I'm sure it did. The film was intended for theatrical release, but it tested so poorly with older test audiences. The studio decided to release it straight to video in the US where it can make more money in the lucrative kids video market. Since it was completed, uh, on its original theatrical studio budget. It became the most expensive straight-to-video film ever created at the time of its release. It was shown theatrically in many, in many countries, including Germany, Spain, France, Japan, Portugal, the UK, and South Africa. Most of the actors signed on thinking the dinosaur would be computer-enhanced. Wait, sorry, say that again? Most of the actors signed on thinking the dinosaurs would be computer-enhanced. Oh, my God. So it sounds like they weren't very forthcoming with all of this. And crew members left constantly during production. Whoopi Goldberg once said that on her final day of shooting, 99% of the crew was different from the first day. Wow. Poor Whoopi. Anyway, I think it's a good place to wrap up the episode. I agree. So thank you guys for listening. This is a fun one. As always, we watched a shitty movie so you guys don't have to. I'll definitely write a blog about it at some point. And be one of the generous people who leaves us a voicemail. And you might just end up in an episode like Valerie with her ghost story. Like I said, ghost stories, scary stories, urban legends, UFOs, cryptids, or even just hypotheticals. We want to hear them all. Leave us a voicemail at 914-627-8582. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And where can people find us, Emmy? So you can find us at misfitsandmysteries.com. That's where you can find our blog, sign up for the newsletter. All of our episodes are on there. We have a really cool fan art page, just a home for everything Misfits and Mysteries. You should also check us out on social at podcast underscore misfits on Instagram and Twitter. And then also just look up Misfits and Mysteries on anywhere else, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you hang out and as always stay spooky stay spooky guys bye, bye.